us know for sure what's out there. That's why we keep looking. Keep your faith. Travel hopefully. The universe will surprise you. Constantly. Adam, like Michael Thomas had to wait forever for this episode of Bad Wolf Radio, we're going to have to wait forever for another season of Doctor Who. It's going to be a long one. Not a week. Not a week. We're talking almost a full year before we have more Doctor Who. We don't know. I mean, it could be more than a year. Because they just said they gave us a year. They didn't give us a month. They didn't give us a date. They just said a year. It's coming back in 2020. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like it could be. I mean, we have our next episode, uh, Who Year's Day, and then yeah, you're right. It could it could be like December of 2020 before we get an episode. I I don't like to think about that. Though. Yeah, I mean, likely no. It'll probably be. Yeah, I don't know. You would think a fall release again, so we'd have to wait. You know, another uh, ten months, eleven months. That even seems like. An incredibly long time. I, oh, I could swear that I read an article somewhere that it was spring 2020. Oh, I'm like, I'm, I'm. I think my brain's in denial right now because I was thinking 2019. If it came back, oh, we have to wait. Yeah. No, you're right. If it comes back in 2020, we could wait an entire year, like and ten months. So you're yeah, talking it, like it 22 could be like months. 20. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. it could be 22 months. It's a long time. Oh gosh, let's hope it's a spring return. Yeah, I, I could have sworn I read somewhere that it was a. Sp- it, that they were hoping for a spring return because they're already recording or they're already uh, filming, right? Oh, are they? I thought I see. Now I'm now you're making me second guess everything. I could have sworn that I already saw that they were quote unquote rushing back to the studio right now. Yeah. Um, what's here's a couple quotes I think from Chibnall. Uh, what does he say? Here? He says. Or I don't know if this is from Chibnall or if this is just from the BBC, but it says, As Jodie Whittaker's doctor and friends have been winning the hearts of families across the nation this autumn, we've been busy with a whole new set of action-packed adventures for the 13th Doctor. I think that's Chibnall. Yeah. Um, so, and they, they kind of hint at, I don't know if they, yeah, they, they actually do say um, more scenes, more monsters, and more Bradley Walsh, Mandeep Gill, and Tosin Cole. So, if anyone was worried that we were going to lose a companion this series or in the New Year's New Year's special, uh, it sounds like they've kind of already spoiled us that they're all coming back. And you know what? I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'll take that. I think so. I think, actually, this kind of spoiled me for today's review, or today's episode that we're going to review, um, because... There were moments in this episode that I think if I hadn't read this and knew that all three were coming back, that I was was kind of thinking that maybe we were going to lose Graham. So, <laughs> so because I was, I actually was kind of annoyed by the fact that they already were like, "Yep, all three are coming back." Because I'm watching this episode thinking, "Oh, it took it took a little bit of the suspense away because I thought maybe they were leading up to Graham leaving the TARDIS." See, I I hadn't read this, or at least. If I did, it wasn't on my mind when I was watching the the episode, but I'm glad I'm not alone that I, I too had moments of, oh crap, what are they going to do? Like, is, is this really going the direction I thought it was? Either one, Graham was going to do something that was essentially unforgivable in the doctor's opinion, or two, 
there was gonna something was gonna happen to him that he couldn't recover from. Um, I was convinced something like that was gonna happen as the episode was playing out. Yeah, that would have made it interesting. Um, and for anyone who is a spoiler phobe who's yelling at your listening device right now, like, well, you guys are spoiling it. It was officially announced. But <laughs> so we're not. This isn't anything that. This isn't kind of rumor mongering, or this isn't uh, anything like that. This is officially announced by BBC. Official quotes from Chibnall. All three of the companions and Jodie Whittaker are coming back for another season of Doctor Who, but it's not coming back until 2020. That that seems like a well. It is a long time away. 2020. Are we already there? So we're going to have to find something else, Doctor Who. To, to Are we going to start listening to the audiobooks or the audio <laughs> dramas? Uh, maybe uh, maybe there's... do a couple of the novels. We could go back. I mean, there's a lot of classic stuff we haven't seen. Um, and then there's those animated, those classic, where they redid some classic episodes as animation. You know, we yeah, could dive and... into some of those. This is there's a new one coming. This is for the guy that just listened to every episode of Bad Wolf Radio over the past like four weeks. He's like, you guys made these promises before and you never did it. <laughs> we talked about reviewing all this stuff before and we just never did. But but this is now. This is the present. This is the new Bad Wolf Radio. <laughs> right, yes. Um, so yeah, we, we um, you know, there's going to be a long break. But I think that Bad Wolf Radio won't take as long of a break as Doctor Who will. We'll, we'll find excuses to jump in from time to time and record some episodes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, what we said, one of our very first episodes is still true. We're just friends who like to talk about Doctor Who. So one way or another, we're going to talk about it. We might as well record stuff, right? Yeah, because if Doctor Who goes away for too long, we'll, our friendship will end. And that's, <laughs> that's not cool. It's just going to it's just going to disappear. Right. That's this is the only reason we still talk to each other. Uh, I mean, sadly, that's, that's pretty, pretty close. <laughs> All right. Well, we are here to review the final episode of this series of doctor who right because we're not counting this the special that's not that's not the finale yeah i don't i don't think that's technically counted as part of series 11 i think that's considered a bonus special episode all right so final episode the finale the battle of ranscor avkolos nice which is probably the hardest to say title that we've ever gotten of doctor who Yes, in the new series. I mean, the Serenga conundrum well, yeah. was pretty close. Chibnall likes to throw these titles at us. Um, because a lot of Doctor Who, when you think back to episode titles of like some of your favorite episodes, you know, like throw a couple at me. 11th Hour. The Girl in the Fireplace. The Girl in the Fireplace. Blink. Yeah. You know, yeah. these are like, those, that's thing, you know, that's just normal words that we all say. Silence. <laughs> yeah. But... The Battle of Rainscore Avkolos is not something that anybody like. I I wouldn't be able to remember this title unless I was reading it off a piece of paper. I'm not not I'm not going to go back someday and be like, yeah, one of my top ten favorite episodes of Doctor Who is the Battle of Rainscore Avkolos or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm not going to remember this. I'm just scrolling through uh, Matt Smith's episodes, and you have the Flesh and Stone. You have Day of the Moon dinosaurs on a spaceship <laughs> like those are you're right they're they're very very straightforward those are good solid titles with regular words <laughs> with regular words <laughs> not the the what was the other one the sanangra conundrum <laughs> the serenga serenga <laughs> yeah like which it on. starts with the t which that always throws me off <laughs> 
So yeah, Chibnall. We'll we'll mark that down as one of his things. Is he he likes to make really weird titles. Yeah, we'll see what we get. But he wrote this one. Yes, he did. Yes, he wrote this one, directed by Jamie Childs. Um, and what else do we got here? Well, let's just talk about the episode, and then we can talk a little bit about the cast and and other things as we go through the episode. But this episode starts in an interesting way in that we're introduced to uh, a new alien species that we don't realize at the time that's an entire species. We think it's just a couple people. Yeah. But apparently they, they run in, in pairs. And this is a this is definitely one of the more powerful um, entities or species that we've come across in Doctor Who, the the Ux. Yeah, it was it was really interesting to have them introduced in this way. And you are somewhat left to to wonder at the very beginning, number one, what were they doing? Um, who are they? And and kind of like what what is their power ultimately? Um, the I mean, they were it looked like they were planet building at the moment, or at least Delf was. Um, by bringing all the rocks together. But yeah, it, it's it's such an interesting concept. And to have, again, it's another one of those big things that Chibnall just kind of tosses out there. And yeah, it, it's in the episode. Yeah, they were planet planet forming, terraforming. Yeah. I guess they they were almost like borderline um, godlike where they were, you know, kind of outside of the typical rules of, of science and Doctor Who tends to not kind of go into the religious side of things or the magical side of things, but they definitely were like they had their toe in there <laughs> in some sort of uh, uh, almost like they were a deity. Um, but I guess such a powerful species that other species would look at them as gods. Yeah, I mean that that's that's kind of the extent of it where they had, as we find out later on godlike quote-unquote godlike power um and yet they themselves were looking or waiting for what they would consider their creator which i guess would be ultimate to even them um such a yeah go for it oh i was just gonna say which we didn't have to wait long to meet their creator yeah that's (laughs) that moment that something falls from the sky or shows up and um did you at that moment know who or what that was no okay good i i thought maybe i was just missed something through my first watch through but yeah i had no idea what that was i was happy to be surprised i'm sure some more clever viewers picked it up right away but i just thought okay this thing shows up kind of had some vibes of like terminator 2 yeah you know where this thing just shows up out of nowhere with electrical stuff you know kind of sparking around them um, and then they're like, you know, they're right in the middle of building this planet. And then they're like, wait, this thing showed up. Let's hold off on what we're doing here. And they uh, just accepted him as their creator, which is kind of an interesting thing considering how powerful they were and how much of an understanding it seemed like they had of all things to just kind of fall in line, uh, to this random guy that shows up. No, I agree. That's here. They are with their power which seems to be somewhat op (laughs) in my opinion they're they're ultimately powerful um and yet they seem somewhat naive um i don't know if that's a commentary on anything in particular but it was it is interesting that 
they're waiting for someone and something that is dying shows up and they automatically assume that that failing being is going to be their creator. But it was a cool setup for an episode. You know, you get this, these all powerful borderline religious fanatical people (laughs) that can create planets. And then you have a random thing show up and then you cut to the doctor and you're like, Oh wow, I'm, I'm in like, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. It's, it's, an episode of this series that has an immediate hook. It it doesn't allow you to kind of like ease yourself into the episode. You don't have the, it doesn't start with a conversation in the TARDIS. It starts with an external situation and then jumps to the TARDIS. But even the situation in the TARDIS, um, like nine alarms are going off, everything's lighting up. So it, it kind of hits the ground running. Right. And um, I recognized the, the woman who played and Dino, like I recognized her right away from other from another show. Did you have any re- any recognition of this actress? <laughs> I thought I did, and honestly, I went through the entire episode thinking I knew who it was, and then realized I was horribly wrong. <laughs> who did you think it was? I thought it was Harriet Jones. Oh, you thought it was the? Oh, okay. I mean, like, if you if you put their pictures side by side, they they look very similar. But I was like, wow, they reused Harriet Jones for this episode. <laughs> or or you find out that Harriet Jones was an ux all along. <laughs> um, no, I actually my mind didn't go there only because I recognized the actress right away, and it was um, Phyllis Logan, who who is plays a pretty main character in the show Downton Abbey which I enjoyed that show. So as soon as, as soon as she showed up on screen, I recognized her. But oddly enough, the woman who plays Harriet Jones also plays in Downton Abbey. So, Oh, really? Yeah. She also plays a pretty major character in that show. And they do look similar. I can see what, you, I can see what you're saying. Um, they, look, they do have some similar um, attributes. So another recognizable face that, that jumped out to me was um, Mark Addy. Who plays Paltraki? Yeah, I I saw his face and I was like, I know that guy. Have no idea where I know him from though. That's he's, he's all over the place, but I have no idea what I've seen that he's actually been in. Yeah, I mean, I would say out of the season, probably with the exception of, and this is from an American viewing audience's perspective. So I know there's, you know, when it comes to actors that are more popular in the UK. Um, you know, there may be some more notable faces that have been in the season. I just didn't recognize, but I would say that, um, Alan Cumming and Mark Addy are probably the two most recognizable faces to American viewers. Oh, absolutely. Um, that have shown up on screen this season. Um, and Mark Addy, uh, significantly popular because of his appearance in game of Thrones. Okay. Um, you know, he played, he played the, uh, the Baratheon King, um, who didn't stick around too long in the show, but he was he was a pretty big part, at least in the first season. Okay. I think I think where I know him from is from A Knight's Tale, now that I'm looking at his yeah. IMDb. I think that's, as, as long ago as that might have been, I think that might be the only thing that it's like, okay, yeah, I that's, that's where he's from. Yeah, he's kind Maybe. of one of those actors that has shown up in a lot of things. Like, he's definitely shown up in a lot of things, but I think Game of Thrones is probably uh, maybe the most popular thing he's been in recently. Um, but his face is, you know, when you see him, you're like, okay, I've seen that guy in a few things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which I think, you know, you know, saying, you know, Phyllis Logan and Mark Addy both being in, 
you know, hit shows like Downton Abbey and Game of Thrones, you know, this episode definitely had some pretty solid guest stars and they, they brought in the big guns for the finale. Yeah. And it paid off. I think we've said this time and time and time again about this series, but when they have these guest stars or supporting characters, whatever we want to call them, when they have them show up, they really have have done a good job throughout the series of making sure that the supporting cast really plays well with the main cast. Yeah, definitely. And I think I really liked, I liked, um, Paltraki. Interesting. They, they run into him on, on his ship. Um, and was it a ship or was it? Yeah, a it was, a, okay. it was the ship. They run into him on a ship and, um, you know, he's lost his memory. It's kind of like a finding Dory moment. Or finding Nemo with Dory, you know, where she says something to him and he's like, uh, or you no, know, he says something to her, like, who are you? And she's like, I just, we were just talking yeah, about this. We, we were just talking. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny when, when the doctor's continuing to talk to Paltraki and the, the companions have gone off to look at like the computers and stuff. <laughs> yes. And, and like the two younger companions are just talking and then like Graham is like, He's like talking under his breath, like super quiet. Like, why is Graham talking so <laughs> quiet? But everybody else is talking in a normal tone. Like, did he, did the director forget to tell all of them to whisper? <laughs> he's, he's the only one that has like decency, I guess, at he's this point. He's just being polite, yeah. I think he's just being polite. But I think he's also the only one that's actually like making pretty bummer of comments. Well, no, I guess, I guess Ryan makes a comment like maybe he's killed his crew. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe he is the only one that his age is showing a little bit on this one. Yeah, that's true. Maybe some of the things he was saying were more sensitive, so he was trying to be quieter about it. But I thought it, I just thought it was comical that the other two were just talking at normal normal level, <laughs> and he was talking very quietly. Someone missed the cue at some point. <laughs> uh, the so the crystal containers, you know, that's another thing we we come across this mysterious crystal looking thing that has some other weird vibrating ball inside of it. And you're like, okay, here's the mystery. We don't know what this is. Yeah. And the Sonic seems absolutely useless when it comes to these moments. Like well, this isn't episode. the first time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, either, either it's the tool that like unsticks the mirror and the doctors absolutely loves, or it's the tool that you use it. And then it's like, Oh, it's not giving me anything other than the substance is super dense. Like that's the common factor that the sonic screwdriver is really good at telling how dense something is. Yes. This is, this is a recurring theme in this season as well. The sonic breaking or the sonic, not able to read something because of whatever, you know, this it's like, it's kind of like the idea of the TARDIS getting separated from the crew. So they don't have that like all powerful tool when they need it. It, yeah, it's the same storytelling device where they're they're lowering down the power, or as we call it in gaming, nerfing it. Right? <laughs> yes. Actually, I just that's what the kids say. I don't I don't really game. But... <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, so they they are making sure that it 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 has its limitations, and it's definitely shown its limitations many times throughout the season. I thought that as soon as she said that, like, oh, I can't. It's not giving me a reading. I'm like, okay, this this uh this Sonic seems to not not be working when you need it to work correctly. Yeah, it seems like every other doctor they could pull it out and whatever they wanted to, wanted the sonic to do in that moment in regards to tell me what this is, show me its properties. It was spot on always, like never failed. 
And there's been quite a few times this season where, I mean, honestly, the line from the show is the density's blowing the Sonic's mind. It's the Sonic has its mind blown quite a bit this season. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, she created it herself, so you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it may be not as powerful as some of the ones that the TARDIS created. But that Sheffield Steel isn't holding up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll admit, as a Doctor Who fan that's been watching Doctor Who for a while now, I've never really understood the Sonic, like the way that the Doctor like reads the Sonic. Like, yeah. He or she will scan something and then they look at it almost like there's a screen <laughs> and i'm like what are you looking at i've i've owned a couple you know sonic replicas and there's no screen on these things like yeah, what is it, she looking at i i have no idea and honestly it's one of those things that as a fan it's just like yep that's that's what they do i you ask me what they're doing in those moments i have i have no idea the only one that actually made sense but then if we go back and listen to those episodes, it really didn't make sense either was the, the heads up display on the Sonic sunglasses. But I think, yeah. I think even then we had issues with what it was saying and how, Oh no, we had issues with, he was blind. Let's not talk about the Sonic sunglasses. No, we'll let those go. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could explain it. Maybe there's some kind of holographic projection that only a Gallifreyans can see. It's in like a certain spectrum of light that the that our eyes just can't see. It's a psychic link that you have to like hold it to a certain position to your forehead. I don't know. Yeah, it's it is. That's always. I'm like, what are they looking at? Why? What is she reading? <laughs> it's um, good though. It's good. It works. But yeah, so these crystal containers, the mystery of the episode that we find out later on, kind of what the deal is. Um, did you have any theories right off the bat? Did you did you guess it from the very beginning? No, no. Like the the idea that there was a planet inside of it definitely never came to my mind. Okay, I liked the mysteries of this episode. I, I liked, you know, you know, I was surprised by many things, and I liked that there were some mysterious elements that I just was like, okay, I don't know what this is. I'm gonna go with it, and then let the show explain it to me eventually. Um, there was a, there was a lot of that in this episode, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I had some theories as to what was in there. Um, definitely, definitely didn't call out. I didn't get it right, um, but I would say that my theory, my my main theory, was pretty strong. Uh, so you were close, but not quite there. I thought it was the rest of the UX um, before they explained that there were only two of them. I thought it was. Have you ever watched Home? that that dreamworks movie home no but i know what you're talking about okay where there's like the the rock and inside of it is like the the future generations so i thought that's what it was like somehow the future generations of the ux were stolen okay or maybe like um was isn't there like a superman thing where like he's there there's this entire world inside of a little bottle yeah kind of like soup in a cup yeah, yeah. I mean, Doctor Who's definitely played around with these type of elements before. Um, I will say I was surprised uh, by the fact that it was planets, but then I was also surprised by what kind of what happened to those planets. But we can yeah. we can talk about that later yeah. uh, when we get to it. But um, yeah, so Graham, we get we get a dark Graham this episode. He's he uh, right away when they realize that Tim Shaw. Uh, is the kind of the foil in this episode he's he's kind of brought back to some bad memories and he gets pretty pretty serious 
And honestly, that this is the high point of this entire episode for me. That's the the I don't know if calling it an internal struggle is too strong of what to call what uh, Graham is going through, but that that tension that we have with Graham from the very beginning where it does seem like, okay, this is super uncharacteristic of Graham, but yet at the same point in time, totally understandable in regards to what he has experienced with the loss of grace, plus the journey that he's already gone on. Um, and then to come to this point, it took me a second to be like, wait a second, is this going too far? And then by the end, it's like, no, I, I do understand how, how he got there. And I do understand why he's struggling through what he struggles through in the episode. Yeah. I was loving dark Graham. <laughs> I was ready for some grittiness. I, I, I feel like this season for my specific tastes had been a little too nice in, yeah. in, in a lot of areas. You know, there was a lot of like, Oh, these bad guys aren't really bad. And, you know, we've been talking about how I've been kind of hoping for a, a villain that's an actual villain that the Doctor can defeat. And to see Graham, you know, to see Tim Shaw come back, for one thing, because Tim Shaw was a straight-up villain. And I don't think there's any question about his intentions being evil. Yeah. Um, it needed to be defeated. And we we had talked right at the very first episode when the Doctor, quote-unquote, defeated him. But she also scolded the guy for trying to kick him off the thing. Um, or no, he did kick him off the thing, Yeah, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, even, a, even upon this episode, it's kind of ridiculous looking back on that thinking, you know, to see what happened to Tim Shaw with the, um, what were those things called? Those bombs, the, the DNA bombs, DNA bombs that messed them all up. And then she sent him across the universe to essentially die. I don't know how that's any more humane than the guy kicking him off the crane, but, um, this this was kind of like the return of that villain that we were like, okay with them taking out. Yeah. And then to see Graham being like, yeah, Hey, this is the guy that killed my wife. Like I want to kill him. I wasn't like, I wasn't going, Oh, come on, Graham. Like, don't be that way. I was like, yeah, Graham, go kill that guy. (laughs) I'm with you. Like I wasn't thinking, Oh no, don't do it. Graham. I was thinking more like, wow he's he's gone from zero to a hundred it seems like super quickly um i think that's more where it was like okay is this uncharacteristic of graham and then it's like no this it's kind of been building to this even with the episode um directly uh before this one it takes you away where he has just experienced grace again like it it is now super fresh in his mind then to be immediately, well, who knows how much time has gone before, but immediately thrust back into the situation. But you called it out. Like we, we've had that discussion in regards to Tim Shaw kind of just like disappearing and did the doctor really deal with them or not? I love how that gets called out in this episode as well. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's a big thing about this episode. And um, I think we'll get to that too. I want to talk cool. about that for sure. Um, but let's keep talking about Graham because we have a moment here where he first, he kind of says, he realizes it's Tim Shaw and then he's like, I have unfinished business and he's getting all dark and the doctor kind of even, she notices it right away and she's like, okay, Graham, like, are we okay? And then they're walking outside and then he actually pulls the doctor back and he's like, Hey, can I have a word? Just the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) And And Ryan and Yaz's face in that moment is priceless. Yeah. 
and Ryan's kind of like, okay, come on, yes, let's go. Like he he knows, you know, they need to kind of move along, but they seemed a little annoyed by it too. Yeah, like it was almost like one of those moments where like the adults, you know, like okay, kids, the adults need to talk now. You know, exactly, a little disrespectful. Um, but yeah, so he straight up tells the doctor, you know, he's like, hey, I'm gonna kill it if I can. Yeah. Which it's it I like bravo to the writing here because I like the fact that he kept saying it. Yep. You know, he didn't say I'm gonna kill Tim Shaw, he didn't say I'm gonna kill him. He's like, I'm gonna kill it. Like he doesn't even wanna personify this entity. He he maybe which helps him not feel as bad about killing it. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that they picked that word. Yeah, no, totally. And I'm glad that you called that out because if he would have called it Tim Shaw in the moment, I mean, as much as I love the fact that they referred to him, uh, to it as Tim Shaw in the very first episode, um, it was a way to kind of like remove that, the, the terror from the, from the character itself. Like it's Tim Shaw. It's, it's comical. It's laughable. But in this moment, not to refer to it as Tim Shaw, but just as it, it gives it a little bit more of that, weight in regards to what it is what it has already done but you're right it removes that that personhood um from tim shaw at that moment right and i i really enjoyed this episode because there are some gripes that i had throughout the season or just little comments that i'll make about things like the doctor not wanting to kill something but kind of still killing it you know and that's always been something that it's almost like when the doctor gets a little bit self-righteous and then she kind of breaks her own rules. And this episode actually calls that out a little bit, you know, Yeah. where, where you know, you, for one thing, we see the, the negative effects of, of what she did with Tim Shaw and how that actually had a ripple effect across the universe by her deciding to keep him alive and just teleporting him off into wherever she actually caused the death of many, many more people. Um, which once again, we'll get to that, but, but I like the fact that she's like pulling out these bombs and stuff, and then Ryan's like, "Wait, whatever happened to us not using weapons?" And then she's <laughs> because like, you were well, new, <laughs> yeah, like, well, you can blow up like doors and stuff as long as it doesn't hurt anything, and and then he's kind of like, "Well, you know, what about the sniper bots?" And like he's calling out the same stuff we were calling out, or I was calling out. I don't know if you were as much, but kind of calling out some of these double standards. And then she's like well, you were new and I need to establish the rules, but don't quote me on that because my rules change all the time. And I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for calling it out because they do. Your rules definitely change. Yeah, and that is that is one of those moments where it's, I don't know, it feels like, and as we're talking through it, even more so it feels like some of these loose ends from throughout the series, it's like they're crystallizing in this episode or at least getting tied together in this episode and honestly, it feels like this is a great jumping off place kind of for the next series even because it's like, okay, we now have some of these new, not nuances, some of the complaints that we had about the character or the writing or the storytelling. It seems like they've kind of recognized those, given us a reason for those, and then kind of an admission that it's going to be different moving forward. Not different in like, it, they've changed it for us, but different as in they've acknowledged that that is part of her character. It, it is kind of willy nilly. She comes up with these things and it lasts for a couple episodes and then she moves on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it like a lot of times us as viewers just need to be patient 
you know, you, you, you see the progression of things and then you're like, oh, now it makes sense. Um, and I'm not saying just this one line fixes everything, you know, that throughout um, in other episodes, but it definitely helps me as a viewer understand kind of the inconsistencies sometimes with some of these rules that the doctor has. And then it's like, oh, okay, the doctor, you know, we know the doctor lies. That's something they've established, right? Was that Capaldi that said that or Smith? Was that Smith? Um, Where it's like, you, you got me. Rule number one, the doctor lies. Or maybe, I think, I forget. Yeah. Um, Danny will tell us. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> but I, so I, I think it's, it's, it is something that's already been built into the Doctor Who lore that there's in the Doctor is very inconsistent and the Doctor lies. The Doctor kind of breaks their own rules. So it, we just as viewers, I think, needed to be reminded of that. And this episode did a good job of reminding me. Yeah. And I, honestly, like throughout this entire season, there's been lines where like, hmm, pretty sure that's a lie. Be it the the story that she tells when she first meets Yaz's grandparents or Yaz's parents or about her grandmas and all of all of these little things that she's just kind of tossing out there in the moment. We we've kind of called the them woolly, out. Big the lies. woolly rebellion. Yeah, um, the woolly rebellion. Which which it's funny though, because then when you think about the things that she said later on in this episode that actually did happen, like dragging the earth across the universe. Um, yes. where yes. that's canon, you know, we watch that happen. So that, that sounds just as ridiculous as a woolly rebellion. So maybe she's <laughs> not lying. <laughs> I hope we get a woolly rebellion at some point. At some point uh, with before. a future doctor. I need the 16th doctor to deal with the woolly rebellion. <laughs> so we can look back on this and be like, remember when? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, the doctor man. lies. That was Matt Smith. You were okay. on. You yeah. Were right. Um, yeah, so that was cool. But then, so they end up going to um, Tim Shaw's place. You know, his, his I don't even know what you would call it, um, base of the, operations. The altar? What, what, what they did it? they call it? Yeah. <laughs> Not the altar, the artifacts. Which the, oh, come on. The Ux, you basically created this. Um, he's he's taken up camp there because they think he is um, the creator and the doctor and crew gets teleported onto this place. Right? That's kind <laughs> yeah, of where we're I, at. I, I love the Ryan's line there about uh, don't don't aliens believe in doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we get a little bit more with Ryan and Graham where they're still talking about this. You know, Ryan's kind of, or Graham is ticked. And Ryan's kind of like, well, is this what Nan would want? And Graham's like, yeah. You know, Nan would want to still be alive and she would tell me to go after this guy, which yes. I think I like that, too, because I like that a lot of times in movies and TV and stuff, you, you do have these type of interactions where it's like, well, is this really what that person would want? Or are you just doing it selfishly? Now, I like that Graham does call it out. And he's like, yeah, I think she actually would want this. Like, I, I think she would be just as upset as I am. Yeah, she 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 would want to be alive, and she was pretty good at that. <laughs> she yeah. was pretty good at being alive. That is, that was an awesome way to kind of combat that cliche of like, what would they do? What would they want? Honor their memory. Yeah, but screw the, that. We want them back. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but Ryan does say, you know, the line that she would want you to be the better man. Yeah. Which does resonate with uh, with Graham, which I think kind of makes makes a little bit of a change in his attitude. But up to this point, Graham's still pretty pretty set on taking out Tim Shaw. Uh, we also get a return of the sniper bots. Not sure I needed them. 
<laughs> I mean, they, they worked in the moment until Ryan and Graham shot them, or they shot, the sniper bots shot each other, and then they didn't get back up. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. They're thinking, well, you know why? It's because they're like uh, 3,000 years old or something. Whatever that <laughs> 3,471 years old? Which I don't know where they came from. Um, there is some interesting kind of, you don't get a lot of detail because you know that Tim Shaw's here and you know how he got here. But then you're like, okay, the sniper bots are here too. How'd they get here? Did he go and like get them? Did he, I, he made them. Did he, he have the power them of the Ux? The power of the Ux. The Ux just made sniper bots. I mean, if you can make any kind of robot that you you want, would you make a sniper bot? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> They're not the top of the line. They're like battle droids from you know the Phantom Menace. It's it's like the only reason the Trade Federation used the battle droids is because they couldn't afford something better. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's, yeah, I mean, sure. Yep, I'll trust you on that. That's not what you're. That's not your top choice. They just missed saying Roger, Roger. That's all they needed to drop. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, I was just thinking the whole time when the sniper bot showed up. I'm like, they're so dumb. Like, they they literally just dropped to the floor and the sniper bot shot each other. I was gonna say they're not much of snipers. Like, they're not, I don't know why they're called sniper bots. They don't snipe anything. They get twenty feet from you, and like all you have to do is sit down on the ground, and they miss. Yeah, so sniper bots, whatever. Um, and they didn't even, like, the sniper bots showed up in the Ghost Monument episode, which we did have some connection where they were talking about um, Tim Shaw's people, which I'm forgetting the name of the Stenza. race. The Stenza. <laughs> so we did get a reference to the Stenza in the Ghost Monument. And yeah, I guess there's some connection with the sniper bots and the Stenza. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the Stenza are the ones that destroyed the planet in the Ghost Monument, and they had all those scientists making up all the ways to kill people and all the weapons and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure the sniper bots are just like the Stenza's security force. It, it, that, at least that's what it sounds like. Okay. So it makes sense that, that Tim Shaw would, would go and fetch some sniper bots to defend himself. Yeah. I mean, I mean he had 3,407 years, so he must've done something in that time. No, nothing wrong with having a, a security force just walking around an army. Right. Hanging out in the, uh, the uh, shrine. Right, yeah, yeah. The doctor was really excited about the Ux and meeting the Ux. And uh, kind of as she, she meets um, and, and Dino and is like, oh, you're an Ux. Like, there's only ever two, and you have a lifespan of a millennia, and you're dimensional engineers. Like, the doctor, it's like she met a celebrity. Maybe she was a fan of Downton Abbey as well. <laughs> That's, it is it is an interesting like exchange between uh the ux and the doctor just because it's like the ux don't know who the doctor is but the doctor knows who tim shaw is and the mm -hmm. ux are really puzzled as to how the doctor knows tim shaw because tim shaw is their creator so how in the world could she know the creator unless she herself is one of those timeless beings um right. i am kind of curious though like the time frames i'm still trying to work through that in my head like the 3,407 years and the two ux and the doctor knew Tim Shaw 3,407 years ago. I, I, yeah. Like how yeah. long have the ux been around? Like let's talk where about are that. they in the universe to make planets anyways? Yeah. Let's talk about that because I had the same question and I was going to save it, but I think we're kind of about there, but I had some questions around the doctor sending Tim Shaw wherever she sent him. 
in like what I guess we just don't know and maybe there's some things that we're just supposed to assume but it seems like the doctor sent him back in time or were they already 3,407 years back so it's 2018 which is when she sent him back in time right or when she sent him away yeah I mean that's where they were when they were climbing the crane we were never we were never to believe that Tim Shaw was a time traveler he was right. just able to use his his device to jump from one place to another. Correct. And he had this recall device. Right. So essentially, he was supposed to just be recalled back to his planet. Yeah. The doctor broke it. So by her breaking it, did she send him back in time 3,000 years? Or were they already... Was 3,000 years ago for the Ux 2018? I, I think... 3,407 years ago was 2018 and the doctor jumped forward in time. Okay. So the doc, so we're, we are now essentially jumping forward in time, 3000 years, not back in time. That's, that's what I understood. So when they zapped or when Tim Shaw disappeared in the first episode, he reappeared here 28 on this planet in 2018 and then 3407 years passed and then the doctor jumps forward in time got it so no time travel happened for the doctor yes for tim shaw no wait it it did but very slow well right yeah yeah. he wasn't sent (laughs) back in time because essentially i thought that initially i was like oh like when he shows up you know 3407 years pass or whatever after he shows up and I was like, Oh, like she actually sent him back in time. But I guess that's not true. No, they did that with, uh, Oh man, I forgot his name. Dude from the, the Rosa episode. Yeah. Cresco. 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 He's pretty greasy. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I was trying to wrap my head around like all of that. And then kind of the doctor. So then we're also to believe that Delph because Delph was the other ux. And he wasn't apparently down for the plan. So they just tied him up to a thing and made him do stuff for 3,000 years? <laughs> yeah, I guess he just stayed strapped to the... Uh, Jeez, that's horrible. The Stenza tech. They I like mean... The, they, that's one thing about Doctor Who. They like the like ridiculous amounts of time has passed. You know, the whole like Rory, <laughs> you know, waited outside of the the that thing. Pandorica. Pandorica. Um, for what was it like? Was that like five thousand years, ten thousand years, three thousand? I forget. It was some ridiculous number. Yeah, five thousand. Yeah, and then like the doctor, you know, when the doctor had to punch through that glass or the crystal wall <laughs> for billions of years. For like, yeah, for however long that took, and then Matt Smith went to a planet for three hundred years and regenerated. Like there was just they like these like giant ridiculous gaps of time. Why couldn't it have just been like a hundred years later? <laughs> five hours later yeah because <laughs> like poor i mean tim shaw i mean i don't really feel bad for the guy but man he's he's trapped on this planet oh i don't know if he's trapped there but um he's, oh, he's definitely trapped there he can't go anywhere because the ucks are keeping him alive okay so that was the other question i had because i'm just gonna get all my gripes out here it's not really gripes it's just more like curiosities but the whole idea of them going to save uh, Paltraki's crew. And we were led to believe that only two of them were still alive, right? Yeah. 
And then Ryan and Graham run into the stasis chambers where there's dozens of people, apparently, is what Ryan said there. So who are these people? Like, were they, I thought they were either one of two things. They were the crew. They were the crew that Paltraki forgot about. Like, he didn't realize there was more than two of them still alive. Or they were other people that um, Tim Shaw hunted and brought back and put into stasis. But then if he's out hunting, then he is able to leave the planet. Yeah. So here's my thought as they're, as they're walking towards the, the shrine, the, the ship, they walk through that battlefield of all the other ships that have like crashed and tried to save the worlds and they couldn't save the worlds. And, um, I think that was those crews because at the start of the episode, they pull up like the ship's log and there's Peltraki. And then I think there's like three or four other faces. Um, I think that is his crew, but then all of these other ships had crews as well that I think they, they captured and threw into the stasis chambers. Okay. That makes sense. So it's just other people. Um, and Tim or Paltraki just had two of his crew members left, but then the rest of these people they rescued were just other people from the other crews. Yeah. I think that's, that's my understanding. And okay. that's why, that's why when we get to the, get to the end, the comment is made like there's no room you're gonna have to sleep on the floor because basically the ship is like over capacity at that point because of all the extra people that they brought along right 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 okay um yeah so the implications of this the doctor has you know sent she sent um tim shaw off and he lands on this planet just happens to meet the ux becomes a god (laughs) And then just starts like destroying entire populations of planets. I mean, that's you kind of like look at that and think, man, the doctor probably made a bad decision. <laughs> she doesn't seem very. She's not like readily accepting any kind of fault here. No, she's like, don't put that on me. I'm like, well, it kind of is on you. Like you, Ex- <laughs> you just randomly threw this guy into the universe to cause more damage. Yeah, and that's that's one of those moments where it's like. You find yourself disagreeing with the doctor, right? It's, I mean, yes, the doctor has the ability to to make things better and to be clever in an instance where it doesn't look like there's any way out of it. But in this instance where Tim Shaw is basically thanking her for the position that he's been put in and basically the, the happy accident that has given, given him all of this power um, – She's like, no, you, you can't, you can't put this on me. This isn't my fault, but I'm, I mean, I'm with you. Like it is one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, really, if you think about it, it kind of, kind of is your fault. Like it's you, you kind of put him in this position. There's, there's no way really to argue it other than accident, fate, whatever you want to call it. That's ultimately what brought him here. But I don't know. It's, it's an interesting situation to see the doctor be put into that. Yeah. And you almost wanted to see the doctor take a little bit more blame for it or be a little bit more. I mean, she's, we, we pointed out how much she says, I'm sorry throughout this season, but in this moment, you almost wanted to see a little bit more humility and be like, you know, take, take a little bit of the blame. I, I agree. It was an accident. It's not like she purposely sent him to this specific planet to meet with the Ux. It just was an unfortunate accident that he landed here. Uh, it kind of reminded me of Capaldi in the the girl who lived, where he had best of intentions and saves this girl's life, only to make her live forever and kind of resent 
him and you know kind of go around and do some crazy stuff yeah i think i think the difference though is that like capaldi capaldi saw that and knew the consequences right like he he understood what he was doing in that moment i don't get the sense that whitaker's doctor even at this point really accepts any culpability for what has happened like i I was somewhat expecting there to be like some recognition and potentially some change, but I don't think there is. I think it's still just a don't put this on me type of thing. Right. Like you're the bad guy. You're the one that's doing this. I didn't make you do this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with her completely. You know, Oh she, no, absolutely not. She, she, but she should, probably should take a little bit of the blame. And then you were talking about kind of how, Tim Shaw couldn't leave the planet. They were keeping him alive. So the only reason he's able to stay alive for 3,000 years, I guess that's not a typical lifespan for for his people. Definitely not his people when they have DNA bombs that have gone off inside of them. <laughs> right. Um, so they are keeping him alive, which I guess puts him in a weakened state. Um, when he... Because he does eventually kind of detach himself from whatever whatever apparatus is keeping him alive um, and decides to kind of go into the fray, Um, which I was a little, I will say this, the combination of Graham's, Graham's resilience and Graham wanting to take out Tim Shaw and then how easily Tim Shaw was defeated was a little, a little bit of a letdown. (laughs) I wanted to be more dramatic, I guess, than him just getting shot in the foot. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cool with him getting shot in the foot. That said, like, it seemed like there was ample opportunity for Tim Shaw, who in the very first episode literally just walks through people. Um, he had ample opportunity to get to Graham, but again, he was in a weakened state. So maybe maybe he thought he was going to do a lot better than what he did, and then by the time he got there, he was like, "Whoo." That, that's rough and he couldn't he couldn't close the last three feet to get to graham yeah. um but you yeah ready, it was ready it was for one my of those uh, second star wars reference of the episode <laughs> go for like, it it reminded me of it reminded me of like ray beating kylo ren in the in in the force awakens and everybody <laughs> was all like how did she beat kylo ren she never even used a lightsaber before but then you're like well he did get shot by a you know a bowcaster so. the, the the dude's thumping his side, letting the blood pour out, and he does a sumo stomp. What more can you want from him? Yeah, I mean, he was pretty injured. So, yeah, the only reason why I think Ryan and Graham had any chance against Tim Shaw was because he, he had 3,000 years of fatigue. I'm only slightly disappointed that you haven't compared Tim Shaw staying alive to what Vader required. I, I, mean, I almost did make a Vader reference. Okay, he, okay. <laughs> it's like Vader without his helmet. But There you go. Uh, that would be one too many Star Wars references in a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was... I will, I will say that I was a bit disappointed. I, I liked the idea of Graham being angry. I liked the idea of Graham being on the edge of you know killing this guy. And then to almost make his end, to make the way they defeated him like almost like comedy relief, it was like, oh, oh man, I kind of was hoping they'd stick with like the dark, the darkness a little bit longer, and maybe, I mean, I guess I just wanted Tim Shaw to die. <laughs> they still haven't killed the guy. 
Like, no, really, man. have we not learned our lesson? He he killed, like, five planets, and you're just going to put him in stasis? He, I mean, they're putting him in stasis, but they're basically abandoning the ship. Like, I guess I guess someone can still show up there, but I don't think Tim Shaw's going to be much, much good to anybody if he comes out of stasis. Just saying. Well, yeah, but then if you're looking at it from a perspective of, um, you know, cruelty— and you know the anti-violence of the whole thing like uh, we shouldn't kill him well you're just going to leave him there to rot that's almost worse than killing him so i don't know what lesson we're teaching people here i don't know if someone would let me sleep for 500 years i think i'd be pretty happy well you think was he asleep he looked pretty (laughs) pretty like alert and like he put his hand up against it maybe he eventually would fall asleep yeah, I think he put his hand up, and then it was like the whole you touch the glass, and then he falls asleep. But you're left with that moment of him touching the glass, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. I needed some finality on this guy. I feel like now I I don't know. I think we see Tim Shaw again. I'm gonna call it. <laughs> like he, you think he's coming back? He's the New Year's. Re- he's the he's the Who Years episode. He's gonna be the main villain. He'll he'll be leading the Daleks. No, it's I, gonna be his DNA. I don't think we'll see him that soon but i don't know i feel like maybe that he's going to be kind of this recurring thing that they keep facing at at some point maybe they're going to regret that they left him alive i honestly like hey i called that we were going to see him after the first episode you did you did you did call it i mean i yeah we i thought the stenzo was going to be like this main thread throughout the entire thing i'm happy they bookended it um but it's it's possible the Stenza. I don't know about Tim Shaw, but maybe the Stenza comes back. He's gonna come back like even angrier next time because <laughs> I've been in stasis for three thousand and se- what is it three thousand four hundred and seven years. Yeah, he's gonna. They're gonna do the exact same time frame for how long he's been it'll in be, stasis. It'll be an anniversary for the Doctor every three thousand four hundred and seven <laughs> years. She has to face Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw shows up again. Yeah. So, all right. So. The other interesting thing about Tim Shaw being defeated was that the Doctor had nothing to do with it. Um, I thought that was interesting that kind of the main villain was defeated by the companions while the Doctor was off doing something else, which seems to be a pretty common thing with this season, how they kind of break off into their little groups and do separate things and then kind of all meet back up at the end. Uh, This episode definitely stuck to that. Yeah, I mean, the Ryan and Graham wander off, Yaz. I mean, even in this episode, she said she's not going to leave the Doctor. Um, so they stick together and they do kind of have their, uh, their jobs and tasks that they work on. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the doctor tend to, uh, think through things. They have a think tank going on. They, they work together to work through difficult situations. seems like Ryan and Graham get whatever job is left over that needs to be done. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Definitely is the one that is kind of the one that helps the doctor more intellectually. Yes. Than the other two. Um, but she did separate from the doctor for a little bit. She was hang- hanging out with just Paltraki. Yeah, they, they had a they had a good thing going. And then Paltraki, he blows through the stasis chamber. I mean, he's he's on top of things to rescue his crew. And he was like, look how cool it is when people use guns. <laughs> I know. Came, did you, I mean, came, Ryan and Graham even picked up the sniper bot guns and were walking around with them. They didn't seem to... I guess they figured after the doctor said that they're no longer new... She didn't have to lay down the rules. I thought it was okay at that point. I mean, it was just refreshing to see somebody come in and blast a couple of robots and not feel bad about it. <laughs> like I like, I like Paltraki. 
Um, but yeah, so we got the the other thing with kind of the end. So they had to defeat Tim Shaw, but then they had to figure out this whole thing with these planets, which I was a little confused about the urgency, other than the fact that all the planets that were in, they were in the same place, and so they shouldn't be able to be in the same place because of all the mass. So it was going to cause destruction, right? Yeah, I it, it's the why they started losing their their stability and started becoming unstable. I'm not entirely sure why that happened. Um, but well, yeah, you can't have all the planets growing in size within the same spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. You can't have, you know, five planets next to each other, I guess, even if they're inside of crystal containers. Yeah. And to, to me, it seemed somewhat like what we had in it takes you away where, because of the number of people who are in this reality, it's starting to fall apart. Because of the number of planets that we have inside the spaceship, it's starting to fall apart. When you get too many of a thing together, things just fall apart. Well, so they have these planets, but the the other thing we failed to mention was Tim Shaw's next target was Earth. Yeah. And so at this point, the at least the one Ux is still working for him, and the other one is involuntarily working for him. Um, and try, and they're gonna do the same thing that they did to these other planets to Earth, and you know the the ex- explanation was that Tim Shaw, you know his ultimate goal, even though he would go out and collect people, his ultimate goal was to collect planets, and so now that he has the power of the Ux behind him, and the hive mind as well of his people, of the Stenza, so now with those powers combined. They can destroy planets. <laughs> with his powers with combined, the... he is now captain of the planets. Yeah. I was wondering if you are going to pick up on that subtle reference. Um, <laughs> I did. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, yeah. So, he's collecting these planets. Um, but in the process of collecting these planets, he's the entire population of the planet is, is killed. It's not like these planets live inside these crystals with living people, you know, still on them. They have all. They're all dead. Is is that is that how that works? Yeah, like the the doctor even said that. Oh, like by pulling the planet out of wherever it's supposed to be, that would just that would kill the entire population of the planet. Like you are a monster. You've killed all these people. There's no live. They're not saving the 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 ecosystems or the people on these planets. They're, they're already dead. Dang. So why? Why is Peltracchi trying to save his planet? Well, his planet, he's not... Okay, maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> he's not trying to save his planet. He's just trying to get home. His planet's not been killed. But he, he stole the planet at the very beginning, right? Was that his... Was that what he was trying to do? He was trying to get his own planet back? All right, I need, I need to rewatch it. I mean, I've literally watched this episode three times, and I didn't pick up on that. I thought, I thought that these planets had uh, had been killed. Like the doctor does say that, but yeah. And now that I think about it, it's like, well, if Peltracchi was sent from his planet to get his planet, how did that work? So maybe it isn't his planet. Maybe he's just trying to get another planet from the what did he, they say? The Congress of Nine, the Congress of Five. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what his motivation was for taking one particular planet or or one. I mean, they were thing. the they were the last ship that was possible. Everybody else had already gone, so that's why Peltracchi went. But because everybody uh, was trying to stop 
um, Tim Shaw because of him. I guess essentially he's he's out there just plucking planets out of the sky and killing people. Yeah, so I guess that makes sense. They're sending these to... armies to stop him, but I don't think it's... there was any chance that they were once the planet was plucked out of the sky. Um, the the people on that planet are dead. So Dang. them at the end, the Ux sending all these planets back to where they're supposed to go. That is just to put them back into the, you know, back into their correct spots so they're not going to cause destruction because they're too close together. Restoring the balance to the universe. Right. So, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I would I would love to hear alternate theories if anybody <laughs> wants to correct me on this one. But I, I was pretty convinced that these populations were already dead. They weren't saving anybody by sending these planets back. Um, which makes it even darker in that the doctor kind of caused all this chaos. You know, she's the reason why Tim Shaw gained all this power and, and basically, uh, killed the population of, of five planets. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, we had a body count going for the first couple of episodes. This kind of just takes that and throws it out the window. Doesn't it? Yeah. No, we can't number, we can't put a number on this. I mean, and it's it's a, a recurring theme with Doctor Who. You know, the the ultimately the Doctor, for as much as they save people, they also make decisions that cause a lot of destruction. And I think that's always been something the Doctor has had to deal with. You know, with with being so powerful um, and living so long, they've seen the good and bad of their existence. Am I a yeah. good man? So yeah. Wow, I'm I'm still I'm still. You're gonna rewatch to this episode right after we're done recording, aren't you? I'm still trying to process the that the entire planet is dead. But yeah, I think I think that is kind of what is. Uh, I'm pretty certain on that one. I'm not certain what Paltraki's thing was and why he thought maybe he could save a planet, but I don't know why he was taking one of them. But as far as the planets being dead, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Yeah, I mean, the doctor says it's planetary genocide, so you uh, that that pretty much means that it, they're all dead, huh? That's crazy. Um, so the 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 um, <clears throat> they're using the Ux to try to send these planets back to where they're going, or no, no, no. So the the Ux are actually they're doing their part in trying to pull the Earth out of orbit and try to try to capture the Earth, right? And so the doctor and Yaz show up and they're like, we can't, what are we going to do? We can't disconnect them because it might kill them. Um, let's come up with a plan. And then they do, as the doctor and Yaz like to do, they come up with a plan. But their plan is to basically to disconnect them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same thing. Like, I, don't, I mean, you're using the neural blocker thing. I guess that maybe that's why it's not going to kill them. But essentially, you're disconnecting them. And I don't know why that's any different. Yeah, I, maybe because they're doing it in sequence. I I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Like, they they didn't want to do something, and they end up doing it in the first place. And that's like, there's there honestly is so much going on in this episode because we haven't even talked about the the planet messing with people's minds. Oh, and yeah. like, that's why Paul well, it never really became anything. a it never really became a big plot point. Um, no. Even even when the doctor finally takes off her neuroblocker, and so does Yaz, it amounts to nothing more than a headache for the period of yeah. time that she has it off. And then she just puts it right back on, and everything's good to go. Yeah, I thought them taking them off was going to be a bigger deal, but they just yeah they just kind of got a headache, and um, 
you know, used the, t- I mean, it, I guess it kind of made more sense that as opposed to them just like pulling them off and disconnecting them, that might just like the jolt of that might kill them. But if you put in like this neural machine thing that will redirect something and make it a little bit easier, that's not going to kill them. Um, so I, I, I bought into it, but I just thought it was kind of funny. It's like, we can't disconnect them. Let's come up with a plan. Let's disconnect them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, but then the, quickly, I think the, the Ux, the one Ux, uh, Delph already was not a believer in this new creator. And then the other one came around and kind of realized that she, she had gone down the wrong path. And so she, they quickly side with the doctor and then help him with the whole planet, planet thing. Yeah. Is, is this a good time to ask? Where do more Ux come from? If there's ever only two, how, how, if one, something happens to one, where does the other come from? Yeah, I kind of thought about that, like, throughout, and just their age difference was, was significant. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, after 34,000 years, I mean, 3,400 years, maybe age really doesn't matter all that much. Yeah, after three thousand four hundred and seven years, they looked exactly the same. They they didn't age a day. But I guess if you live a millennia, um, then three thousand four hundred and seven years doesn't really mean much to you. But just visually, they look like there was a pretty big age gap between the two characters. Um, they obviously were of different races. Um, so it's kind and, of it, yeah, you're right. They, it it's like once one dies, does another one just like um, appear? Yeah, do they do they I mean they seem to hold the power of life, so that do might they be just create another one? Maybe or do they happens. just never die? Maybe one dies and the other one creates a new one and then that one, you know, until the other one dies and then they just keep going on that way. They didn't really the explain it. Two. Which is fine. I feel like that was something where they didn't really need to explain that. Other yeah. than they said, um, we are the blessed few. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're the blessed the, two. There's the a, blessed a, couple. <laughs> yeah, few would 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 uh, need at least one other person. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks that few means specifically three. But I did think that, I did kind of think that was funny. He's like, we're the blessed few. I'm like, you've never been a few. There's only two of you. <laughs> there's only two. <laughs> if there's more than two of you, something's wrong. Yeah, right. Uh, Someone's not telling the truth at that point. So. But the, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Like we, the, uh, the doctor had a nice little parting thing as she's going into the TARDIS. She says some like really inspiring things. Yeah. Which I think I probably plugged into the front of this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some good moments with the doctor, um, really big moment again in the development of Ryan and Graham's relationship where Ryan says, we're family. I love you. Um, and like we've, we've gone, we've gone full development now for Graham and Ryan as a character. Um, I've seen some comments come around saying like now that their story is somewhat complete, maybe next series we'll be able to dive more into Yaz. Um, but it does seem like we've gone from really Ryan and Graham or Ryan wanting, having nothing to do with Graham to Ryan now recognizing Graham as family and really they have each other. Um, so some really, some really awesome moments there. Um, but yeah, that, that pretty much, that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. It did feel like the, especially toward the end of the season, it got really Graham Ryan heavy. 
and Yaz Light. Um, and I think, I feel like Yaz was almost like the least of the three that they focused on. So maybe we'll get some more Yaz moments next season. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like Yaz spends the most time with the Doctor, but yet there's also less amount of time devoted to her as a character compared to Ryan and Graham. They, they're usually off together, Ryan and Graham, and they seem to have more time devoted to them. Um, and I guess maybe that's even one of the complaints that has come out from the series is that it doesn't seem like there's all that much focus on the Doctor. And by virtue, because Yaz is with the Doctor all that much, there's not that much focus cast on her either. Yeah. I almost wonder, I wonder if anybody's ever done like a, for this season specifically, if they've done a time comparison of like Ooh, screen time. That would be interesting to see. Wow. I'd be really that... curious to see if there's actually a character that has had more screen time than the doctor. I feel like maybe Graham or Ryan could surpass the doctor in screen time. I think Graham, these last couple episodes, definitely, definitely could. Man, I, so many questions that that idea even raises in regards to the focus of the series. Um, huh. Remember when we used to review episodes from the first Doctor? And we kind of, we I think back then we were making some commentary on the Doctor almost felt like he wasn't the lead. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it almost felt like Ian Chesterton was the lead. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that they're trying to go back to the days of the 1960s Doctor Who where they're trying to make it so the Doctor's not the lead. I think the Doctor is the lead. Yeah. But it is interesting that the the focus on the Companions has become more um, than in, in, in previous modern Doctor Who. But not necessarily too di- different from the original Doctor Who. Yeah. Huh. So, but... I think we're good on this one. A couple fun facts. The doctor did mention um, that that she had dragged the Earth across the universe with the TARDIS. Yes. Which was a reference to a da- uh, David Tennant episode, Journey's End. Um, and then she also talked about regressing a Slitheen back into an egg, <laughs> which uh, was yes. a reference to... Boomtown, which was an Eccleston episode. So I, I like the references to other modern Doctor Who. You know, it, it seems pretty early for her to be referencing herself, um, you know, referencing David Tennant or referencing Eccleston. Um, but I, I like it. I like these little these little sly nods. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like the companions have no idea how long ago that was. Um, they, they don't know that it was two or three iterations of the doctor. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's fun to get those nods for those of us that have seen um, all of the new who episodes to actually have those referenced. I know that um, classic who is referenced quite a bit, or there's a lot of different nods or, or stories pulled in from um, classic doctor who, but to have some of the, the new who episodes referenced, it definitely puts a smile on my face. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think we got that that much. It's not like we had a ton of, you know, Smith referencing Tennant or Tennant referencing Eccleston, you know, yeah. it, it didn't seem like, maybe I'm forgetting some things, but, you know, I, I know Capaldi did definitely make little references to like, he said something about bow ties. Uh, what did he say about bow ties? Something about them being silly or, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and he made a reference to, I miss Amy. I think he said at one point. Yeah. 
yep. Capaldi did. So I think with Capaldi, they were starting to do that kind of self-referencing of the modern series. Um, and they're definitely carrying that into to Whitaker's run. But I like it a lot. I mean, it's... I, Eccleston's first episodes were 2004. Is that right? Um, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're 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 15 years. We're almost 15 years removed. It's Crazy. about time. Yeah, it's not it's not so modern anymore, right? You start thinking <laughs> of new new fans that are just jumping on with Whitaker are going to be thinking of Eccleston as classic Doctor Who. Whew, that's rough. <laughs> that's rough. 2005 uh, no anyways and then for for classic fans there was an episode where the doctor had met someone who stole miniaturized planets did you know that i have not known of that episode no i have not seen this episode so i'm not going to pretend i've i know this i i looked this up but um this was from the tv story the pirate planet which was a fourth doctor story so that's for uh, for you classic Doctor Who fans. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there, there's the nod. There's yeah. the nod. Right. Um, and that's it. I don't think we have anything else. And we will uh, we'll be talking about the New Year's Eve special or New Year's Day special. I keep saying New Year's Eve. The New Year's Day special. We will talk about that in 2019. We'll be the next yeah. time. Real quick. You like this one? Oh, yeah. yeah I guess we didn't really kind of give our overall thoughts. I... I actually really like this episode a lot. Um, I know we got kind of nitpicky with some of the the, the stuff there toward the end, but um, overall, I really liked the tone of this episode. I liked the character moments. Uh, it seems like any time I talk about liking a character moment, it's around Graham, but <laughs> I really liked Graham's role. Um, main disappointment was Tim Shaw. The kind of the way they took him down just seemed a little too easy and a little too comical, but. That aside, I actually really like this episode a lot. And I like the, the episode before this a lot, too. So I feel like it really finished the season on a high note for me. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. Um, I'm, it's going to be interesting. We're going to have to do an episode where we kind of work back, work our way back through the, the entire series. I know people don't like us ranking episodes, what have you, but I think we really need to go back through this and kind of take a big picture reflection on what happened in this series. But this one is is definitely high on my list. Yeah. I mean, not everybody likes rankings, but I think a lot of people like rankings. We'll, we'll do it. I yeah. like it. I um, like we, it. we, um, yeah, we'll definitely review the new, the new episode, the special that's coming out on New Year's Day, and then maybe we'll do a wrap up episode after that, like a week later, a couple weeks later, we'll do a wrap up episode where we kind of go back through the season and challenge our own thoughts on some of the episodes and how we reviewed them and where they yes. fall on our rankings now. Yes. Time right. to bust out the spreadsheet. Yes, let's get the spreadsheet out. And you got to tally up how many times the doctor said I'm sorry, too. Remember? Oh, I'll have it. Yeah. I'll All have right. it. Complete Great. rundown. <laughs> All right, man. As usual, you guys can find us on iTunes. You can listen to our episodes over there. You can also leave us a review on iTunes if you have not done that yet. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast, Facebook, Bad Wolf Radio, or Facebook group. Um, you can find us there, search Bad Wolf Podcast, and look for our group. And if you want to join, go ahead and send us a request, and we'll get you in there. And thanks to everyone who has been participating in our group. We've actually gotten some really great participation recently and some great conversations going on. So thanks, guys, and keep that up. 
Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Bad Wolf Radio, although we haven't really been using that. <laughs> and until next time. Don't tell the doc, she'll be livid. What what was it? One thousand eighteen ninety four. One thousand eight hundred ninety four years. Okay, so Tim Shaw had it worse. Tim Shaw did have it. He waited a lot longer. But I think Capaldi had the. I think Capaldi has the record for a ridiculous amount of time that he had to do something. <laughs> no one, no one can. And and his wasn't just like waiting. His was Groundhog's Day on steroids. Yeah. Plus he had to punch through crystal. Yeah. Which. Yeah. Yeah, did we ever kind of get like a definitive like was that our dream? Was that like a real thing, or was that just some kind of like fake reality he was in that actually only happened across a day? I, I don't think we ever. It's kind of left up to our interpretation, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if I remember right, I think we had different interpretations. Me and you. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, because I think have... you said you think he actually went through it, and I said I, I think he just actually. I think it was just like. Yeah. In his own head. Yeah. Yeah, I still stand I... by mine. There, I, there's been a couple things that I've been thinking of here recently. Like, what happened to the um, Gallifreyan like hard drive that everybody was downloaded on? Um, like um, with Danny Pink and that. Do you remember that entire lead up where everybody was like showing up in heaven yeah, or the yeah. good place or like whatever happened to that hard drive? Every time they died, it, their consciousness was uploaded. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't know because they that's kind of been a thing. Like they, even the the liquid people that restored Bill. Yeah, like yeah. wasn't that kind of their thing too? They, yeah, they the like witness. Kind of, they went and witnessed somebody's life and then recorded the the thing so they could. Yeah. So little do we know that there's like duplications, there's redundancy all along the galaxy where yeah. the one bat people, they're uploading people's memories, the witness are uploading people's memories, the Gallifreyan hard drive is uploading people's memories. Yeah, they're just <laughs> all fail safes in case one of them goes bad. <laughs> There's been a Facebook leak. backups. There's a Facebook leak somewhere. They're all hacking Facebook, stealing people's memories. I like this idea That's... that they're, they're, the universe has created these species that feel a need to to back up the other ones at work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You can't the just have it on of... one hard drive. <laughs> the 1130 podcast thoughts. Uh, for those that stuck around. <laughs>